The Porty Podcast was founded at a time when it looked as though that well-loved local newspaper, The Porty Reporter, might disappear. Well, it did suggest it was on the cards at the time. Thankfully, it prompted new volunteers to rally round to save it. But it all happened at an interesting time. The community was gathering around a project to turn the redundant parish church in Belfield Street into a local resource. And that's how the Porty Podcast began, with an interview with Justin Kendrick. It was over 70 people. It was packed out with real concern and, and passion and a lot of ideas. From that, we then formed Friends of Belfield, a dozen of us, to carry it forward, with a lot of other people saying, we'll do bits and pieces. And it's a very resourceful community with people really able to step forward and make the press contacts or find the right people to do you know, different aspects. And then, and you now so, have some of that 500 people involved in total? Yeah, I've got, got over 500 members now. You know, that happened over four days. We got about 340 members when we suddenly, we'd left it a bit late as we do. This is all being done very fast as well as we can, but over the time period, we've got a, a limited time really, not just from the point of view of the church selling, but also the point of view of trying to secure Scottish land funding before the end of this financial year. So we've got a kind of two processes that we're we're working within that both mean that we need to move quite fast. As we all know, the campaign was successful and when the news came through that the Scottish Government had come forward with the money, it was another member of the campaign team, Warwick Donaldson, who expressed their collective delight. Oh, it was wonderfully exciting news. I was absolutely thrilled for all the hard work that's been done by the Board of Action Porty. They've worked so hard and in so many forms to fill in, but all the hurdles have been overcome and we've won this wonderful opportunity to buy this building, which is much loved by many people, and it will be such a great asset to the community. It can also be used as a gallery space as well. Yes, there's gallery space. I I personally have a, a kind of big interest in Portobello's history, And I know that there are a number of artefacts that could be put on display which would tell the story of Portobello and how it started and all the industries uh, that that were around here like brickworks, bottleworks, potteries, etc. However, it's not all serious stuff. When we heard that the Porty Park Run was celebrating its second anniversary, we had to find out more. Your timekeeper today is Andrea Moose. And I'm going to give you a start command, which is three, two, one, go. So whenever you're ready, three, two, one, go. I'm joined now by the event director, Kira Webb. Kira, could you explain a bit about Parkrun to me, for those who don't know anything about it? It's a series of free timed 5K runs that happen every Saturday morning all over the world. I think as of this morning, there was 465 events happening across the UK. They start at 9 o'clock in England and Wales, and in Scotland we start at 9.30, which is nice for us. Basically, you register online in advance, and you get a little barcode printed off for yourself, and you come along and you run, and we give you a time at the end of it, and we're fully volunteer-led as well. So You say volunteer-led. How easy or difficult is it to find people to, to volunteer in that way? We're really lucky at Porty. Our volunteer roster is generally full weeks in advance. Sorry, what, what's involved in volunteering? All the roles that are covered here are volunteers. So we've got marshals out in the course, just pointing people in the right direction, but also there for safety as well. So they'll contact us if there's any emergencies, if somebody falls or... You know, if something happens out in the course that we need to know about. We have people making sure that you get through the finish area okay. We have people giving out little finish tokens which give you your position. We have people called barcode scanners who scan in all the information that we eventually marry up along with the time and data. I'm a volunteer. Me and my colleague Stuart, we 
organise this together. So we give our time during the week to make sure that it happens. We liaise with the council. Everybody that's in a high-vis vest here is a volunteer and we use about 22 a week, I think, to make sure that the run happens. The Dalriada is something of a porty institution. Clubs meet here, the Dalriada conversations are held here, but it wasn't always so popular. Owners Terry and Alison McGill have transformed it over the years. Today it's one of the most popular music pubs in Edinburgh. Musicians, both professional and enthusiastic amateurs, can be heard there every night in informal jam sessions, playing music of just about every kind. The clientele too has changed. On this evening, it was a pretty even balance of age and gender, many enjoying the craft beers and the other drinks the pub now stocks. Terry McGill admits that, to start with, it was a slow burn to get to where they are today, but it's been worth it. It's quite a slow process, but when we took it over, we always believed and we knew it was a high-quality outlet and it deserved to make a better offering to the community. So slowly and slowly we built it up over the years and it's working. It's really working. We're very happy with our progress to date. We never know quite how popular an individual episode will be. The all-time record goes to one about the Edinburgh Tool Library, which has had well over 2,500 listens. Its network coordinator is Anna Raymond. The Edinburgh Tool Library works exactly like a book library, but we have tools instead of books. So our members pay a one-off annual membership fee, which is by donation, so whatever you can afford, and you then have access to over 4,000 tools that you can borrow from. Sorry, what kind of tools are we talking about here? We have the full range. We've got power tools, hand tools, we've got gardening gear, we've got some decorating kit, we've got a huge rotavator if you have the need. (laughs) So we have a huge range of tools available that have all been donated to us by people that were otherwise going to throw them out. That's actually really good in the sense that what you're doing is you're reusing, recycling otherwise uh, redundant pieces of kit. Yeah, definitely. So there's a huge environmental benefit. And also we save people from having to buy new drills and new sanders and new ladders because we have them available. So we reduce people's carbon footprints quite significantly. Tribeport is another local institution, but it has its place on the world stage thanks to hosting TEDx events. The regular TED conferences, it stands for Technology Education Design, are held in many countries. TEDx means that local events can use the same format. Danny Trudeau told me about the theme they'd chosen last year. Restart the machine. It can be interpreted in lots of different ways, but we kind of thought, you know, when you fail or when you try something, it doesn't work. What makes you start again? What makes you do things differently? What makes you rebrand yourself or an idea and, and start, start the machine again? And there were some really interesting, challenging experiences that people have gone through in order to, as you say, restart that machine. We try really hard. We had loads of nominations this year, 147-odd. We try to get a nice mix of different perspectives, different professions. We had nine speakers this year. A good mix of people, not everybody from Portobello, but we kind of put it out locally for nominations. So we try to keep it local, but obviously don't want to be exclusive to people that are wanting to share their story. Although there's been a community choir in Portobello for some time, we were surprised when Sing in the City announced plans for their own one based at the Wash House. 
we found that they make quite a formidable sound. Living by the sea means that people love to play in the water. There's a rowing club and a sailing club, football, paddleboarding and occasionally windsurfing. But perhaps the bravest are the open water swimmers who go out in almost all weathers, and not just in Portobello, as I heard from Una O'Brien. The group of us are going up this summer to swim with basking sharks in coal. And some members of the group have already done that and said it's an amazing experience. It's a conservation group who work with basking sharks and they organise this swimming. So people have done some amazing things. Buddy up is a good idea, just keep an eye on everybody. People have many reasons for choosing to swim in the sea and not all are obvious. Take Marion Martin, for example. Well, I'd lost my partner. My partner died, and um, I was sort of six months into the kind of, I suppose, period of grief. I've always enjoyed swimming, and I saw a group of people in the sea, and I thought, well, I wonder if this would help deal with this situation and give me social contacts, and I enjoy the water. That's what brought me in. I just got into the sea and felt at home in the sea, really. The group who we swim with is such a good social group. They're very inclusive, such fun, and we did lots of things together, and I just stayed with them and made my way through winter, swimming in the cold, cold sea. (laughs) I couldn't not mention the amazing art that's produced here. There are dozens of active artists working in their homes and studios. They have an annual opportunity to show their work in the Porty Art Walk. One of those artists, Jude Nixon, told me more. We now have over 30 art houses taking part in Art Walk, Art houses are houses belonging to local artists where they show their work. I'm slightly unusual because I have my studio in the house and so when I've shown work, I've shown it in the studio in my house. And some of those works have been works in progress, so you're actually, in in a sense, exposing your soul almost. (laughs) You could put it like that. I've got two bodies of work I'm showing this year, One is very much about uh, work in progress in my studio and it consists of a series of large drawings of seaweeds, different seaweeds. And this is something that I've been really interested in for the last two years and have looked at different ways of realising the power and the magnificence of our local seaweed. Well, you've been fascinated by the sea generally ever since you arrived here. That's absolutely true. I'm particularly interested in the space between sea and land and it's that area between the sea and the land and that border and how it changes which fascinates me and that's true of my paintings as much as it is of this installation work I'm doing. This has been a very short romp through just a few of the episodes I've produced. There are lots I could have included but didn't have the space, but they're all still online. However, I'm going to end with my all-time favourite. I met local singer Murray Campbell 
as she prepared for her new show, Old Lang Syne, at this year's Fringe. I know I should be one of those Moni Scots that go, I hate the Fringe, but actually, when you're doing it, there's nothing quite like it. And it's got kind of in with these lovies, theatre lovies, in the last few years. It's a different sort of scene from the music scene, to be honest. I'm saying that with tongue-in-cheek, because they're great. But the fringe is for them. That's their thing. You know, folk come up, and the fringe is a comedy theatre. That's where you do the whole long-run thing. And I was like, avoided it until this recently, when I thought, oh, no, well, I'm doing something that kind of fits that bracket. And Kath, who's not scared of anything, she just went, right, we'll do this then. So basically, I just was afraid of doing any of these sort of things and going for it. And it's been great to be around Kath, because she's completely fearless. And gives you a bit of courage to make, do things that you sort of dreamt that you'd like to do, but didn't think you'd really ever necessarily manage. So I'm doing it. That's the thing. And here's a hand, my trusty fear, and gives a hand o' thine, and we'll talk a right, get well. For all blind sign For all blind sign my joe For all blind sign We'll take a cup of kindness yet For all blind sign 